Hi friends, it's me Jennifer Jade and you're listening to The Soul Adventurer, your number one spiritual growth podcast to bring you even further into your greatness. I believe every soul in human form is on a soul adventure, but only some will make the most of it. This podcast is for anyone that desires to awaken, align, and inspire others through journeying to become their best self. If that's you, welcome. You're in the right place, and this is where you belong. Are you ready for today's soul adventure? Then let's begin. Hey friends, it's me, Jennifer Jade. Welcome to another episode of The Soul Adventurer. I am your host, Jennifer Jade. I am a spiritual growth coach, author, and speaker for women who desire to live a soul-aligned life full-time. So if that is you, whether you're in a 9-to-5 job and you aspire to do something more aligned with your soul full-time, or you're an existing entrepreneur, or you're an existing person who's loving their life and looking to take it to the next level, you are in the right place. So welcome. Today, I'm going to share with you three of my top unexplained experiences. I'll call them maybe ghost stories, but I don't really call spirit ghost. But anyways, you know what I mean. This is a requested episode from Michelle Reed of Sorsha Music, S-O-R-C-I-A Music. Check her out on Instagram. She's a Canadian girl living abroad, living her dreams as a musician and artist and writer, songwriter, and she is just killing it. And she has been a client of mine, a friend of mine. I've seen her move through her own doubts and fears and worries and anxieties and still move forward into what feels most aligned with her soul. So check her out on Instagram, Sorsha Music, S-O-R-C-I-A. And thank you so much, Sorsha, for the podcast episode idea today. I'm really excited to share these three stories with you. And then actually, I'm going to invite you to share with me any unexplained experiences that you've had. I find this topic fascinating. I'm so excited to have the ability to share this with you and to also invite you to share your experiences with me. Before I dive into these three top stories I want to share with you that I've experienced in my life, I also want to share with you so badly that I just came back from one of the most soul-rewarding experiences of my life. I was in Toronto with Golden Brick Road Publishing House. I was invited as a workshop speaker during the day, and then I was up for an award in the evening, an author award in the evening. We also did a soft launch, a pre-launch of my new book called The Awakening. I got to hold it in my hands, the physical copy, for the very first time in my life. And I can't tell you how surreal and rewarding and fulfilling and nerve-wracking this whole experience has been. Um, it has taught me a lot. 
There's been a lot of resistance, a lot of things that I've had to move through in order to birth this book, but to hold it in your hands for the first time, there's just nothing like it. So it is prepared to be shared with the world, my soul, my deepest, most inner thoughts and life experiences, the awakening book. There is a link for the pre-launch pre-order book in my Instagram bio. My Instagram bio is Jennifer Jade underscore success coach. So if you want to check that out, head to the link in my Instagram bio, Jennifer Jade underscore success coach. I also want to share that surrounding yourself with people who speak your language, who really get you, who believe in you, who pour love and encouragement into you, guidance, support, and encouragement, all of these things, there's nothing like it. I was always that girl who felt like I needed to do it on my own. I didn't want to ask anyone for help. I'm still that girl. <laughs> I'm still that girl, you know, but um, more and more, I'm realizing that the more that I lean into asking for guidance from my coaches, the more that I lean to asking for support from the women and community around me, the more I am able to serve, the higher I'm able to rise. So anytime you have an opportunity to surround yourself with women, people who believe in you, please do it. Anytime that you're in a rut, or you aren't seeing shifts in your life that you are really looking to have and you're trying to do it on your own and it's just not happening, remember the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. So if doing it on your own is not working, whether that's you know leaving your nine to five and creating your dream business, whether that's taking your existing business to the next level, if that's taking your health and fitness to the next level, if that's becoming healthier with your financial relationship, your relationship with money, whatever that is for you, your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with yourself, please know that there are so many people that have been there, that have moved forward in that area and who are more than willing and happy to support you on your journey. You are not in this alone, sister, and you don't have to be alone and you don't have to try and force things on your own. There is a reason that God, that source, that universe put these people on this planet and put this purpose in their soul. If their purpose is to be of service to you, please reach out and ask for that support. If you listen to my podcast episode with the angel messenger, B, you'll remember her saying that we have angels around us at all times, our own angels, anywhere between one to four angels on average, and that they can help us with absolutely anything at absolutely any time. But because we have free will, we need to ask for that help and we need to ask for that guidance and we need to ask for that support. They cannot intervene without our request unless it is a life-threatening situation. And it's the same in this physical 3D life that you're living right now. People cannot force their help on you. They cannot intervene in your life and make things better 
unless you first reach out and ask for that help, ask for that guidance, ask for that support. So whether that is working with a coach, joining an intimate group program, uh, buying that book, listening to that podcast, whatever it is, follow that intuition, follow the voice in your soul. If you're connecting with somebody, see how you can connect with them more deeply because chances are that desire in your heart to connect with them is for a reason and that person can help further you along on your journey way more powerfully and swiftly than you trying to go at it on your own. So that was one of my big takeaways from being a part of that event with Golden Brick Road Publishing House in Toronto this past weekend and putting myself in a situation where I'm just completely surrounded by love, by high vibration, by high soul level types. If you listen to my soul type podcast, these women, they were all levels, you know, seven to nine at least, you know, high level, high soul type women, old souls, deep souls. And I encourage you to join a group like that. Even if it's my tribe, if you want to connect with me and my community, I very much welcome you to do so if you haven't already. So just by listening to this podcast, by coming to my live events, there's going to be an awakening live event soon. There is a retreat in Hawaii that I have just a couple of spaces left for and uh, the Awakening Online program, which is going to be launching soon. So if you'd like any details on these, head to the link in my Instagram bio. Again, it's jenniferjade underscore success coach. That's the Instagram link in my bio. jenniferjade underscore success coach. We are so much stronger together. Okay, let's dive into my three most favorite ghost stories of all time. Not that I actually call them ghosts, but I figured that was just the easiest way to get get the point across. And then I want you to be paying attention to what's coming up for you. Were there any odd experiences that you've had in your life that were unexplained, that were hugely coincidental, and I put that in air quotes because I don't believe in coincidences. Maybe there was someone that stepped into your life right when um, at a moment you needed them and then stepped out again when you no longer needed them, but they made quite an impact. Maybe that was an angel. Maybe they were sent by an angel. Maybe you've had instincts where you felt a loved one near you. You just could feel that they were there and for no particular reason. Maybe you could smell a loved one's perfume that has passed away. Maybe you keep finding these repeating patterns in your life, like you keep finding coins everywhere, or you keep looking at the clock at a particular time, or, you know, there's so many things. You keep seeing the same numbers on license plates or signs. These things are unexplainable by science, by logic, by human rationale. And I would love to hear what those are for you. So here's my top three most favorite experiences that are unexplained that I've had. So the first one, I'm going to go in order of when I experienced them. The first one I experienced when I was at the early stages of babysitting my sisters. I'm an only child with my mom and dad, but when they decided that they weren't compatible as husband and wife. They 
each remarried and I was so blessed with two more siblings, two sisters with my mom and three more siblings with my dad. So I lived primarily at my mom's house growing up with my two younger sisters that are 10 and 12 years younger than me. So when I was 14 years old, 13 years old, they were one and three. I can't remember how old I was, but I would say maybe about 14. So they would have been two and four years old. And um, before I jive, before I jump into the story, the backstory is when I was an only child, my mom and I lived in this basement suite, just the two of us. She was a single mom and she was starting her own aesthetics business. And uh, I was very independent. I was an only child. I played with my own toys. I, I entertained myself. I colored in my own books and had my own little craft creations that I was doing. I was out in the neighborhood with the neighborhood kids. I was out wandering and meandering all over the place. Things were a little bit different when I was, you know, (laughs) under eight years old than they are now. I was really free to roam and I was completely safe. And uh, when we moved, when my mom met her um, new husband just before my sisters were born, we moved from our basement suite into an older home in a different area of town, a better area of town. And as soon as we entered this house, I was like clinging to my mom's leg. Like just imagine me being about waist height and I just was wrapping my arms around her thigh and hugging her hip and I was like, like, and I couldn't put it into words, but I was just scared. I was scared all the time. Like, I remember the first time we, she was showing me the house and she's like, okay, this is where we're going to live. And I was like, <laughs> and you'd think that I'd be happy because it's a bigger house. It's got a backyard. You know, there's other kids in a school playground nearby. And, and I was just terrified, but I didn't consciously know why. Even the first time that, you know, I, I had to go use the bathroom I wanted her to come with me and I wanted her to stand outside the door and not leave me. I couldn't sleep at night after we moved in. As soon as the light switch flicked off, I was terrified. I didn't want to sleep in my own room. You know, these were such opposite characteristics and traits than I had before we moved. And so my mom was thinking, you know, I think it's just the effect of moving. I think maybe it's a bigger house and she's used to living in smaller quarters. You know, the the rational mind is always seeking to rationalize these things. But I was, I was scared, like to the point where my mom started taking me to see her counselor and we talked about relaxation techniques and and different things like that and I actually really enjoyed my time seeing that counselor as a child to be honest it was very comforting and she really taught me how to self-soothe which was you know exercises that I still use to this day so I start to normalize this feeling of someone always watching me (laughs) that's what it felt like to be honest You know, when you're standing in a room and maybe there's a room full of people or it doesn't matter where you are, but you can feel, even if someone's behind you, like 50 feet behind you, you can feel when someone's looking at you and you turn around and there they are. They're actually looking right at you. You know that feeling? Someone's watching you. Someone's looking at you. That's what I felt like 24-7 in this house. 
I just always felt like someone was watching me. Someone was, was around the corner. Someone was behind the shower curtain. My mom would always close the shower curtain and I'd always swing it open every time I went in the bathroom before I would shut the door and, and use the washroom. Um, I would hear sounds in this house, um, especially at night when it was quiet, like after my sisters had gone to bed. So there wasn't all kind of the noise of their toys and running around and playing. So when they would go to bed, especially if I was babysitting home alone at night, I would hear footsteps in the hallway. I would hear different things. And it wasn't constant. It wasn't 24-7, but it was fairly frequent. I lived here for years since I was seven and a half, eight years old, and it became normal. It, it, I that, that feeling never left, but it just, it started to become normal, you know, and you just kind of start to settle into a feeling, even though it's not a great feeling, but it, it's the uh, sharpness of it starts to dull and it just becomes normal. So fast forward, that was eight years old. Now I'm 14 years old and I'm babysitting my two sisters, Allie and Sarah. They're two and four years old. My friend is over, uh, Anita, and we're getting ready for soccer practice. So what, what's going to happen is me, Anita, my friend, and my two sisters, Allie and Sarah, we're going to walk around the corner from my house to our elementary school where I have a soccer practice. And Anita is going to play with them on the playground. And I'm going to have my soccer practice for an hour, 45 minutes, and then we're going to walk back home. And I don't know where my mom and, and stepdad were at the time, but they were not home and there was no, um, they weren't meant to be home for hours. We're upstairs in my sister's room. They shared a room. I had my own room. My two sisters shared a room. And we're getting them dressed. They were at the age, I don't know if you have kids or you've been around kids, but they were at the age where they just didn't like wearing clothes. <laughs> Sorry, Allie and Sarah, if this is embarrassing. I think we all go through this stage. They were just not interested in wearing clothes. And I think it was summer and it was warm out. And so we're getting them dressed. And... Uh, figuring out what pants and shirts and shoes and whatever we're going to throw on them so we can get to the soccer practice. And the stereo downstairs starts blasting Elvis Presley music. This would be my stepdad's music. And I thought, well, that's really weird because my stepdad is pretty strict about turning lights off when we're not in the room, keeping the heat down low, especially at night if we're not using it. You know, th th we would never just leave the stereo on. We would never just leave the TV or anything on. That was just ingrained in us. So not only would we not have left the stereo on, but we weren't using it. And why would it just start blasting music all by itself all of a sudden? Anyway, as I'm walking down the stairs, I go over to the garage to see who came home. I'm thinking, you know, maybe someone came home and decided to play some music. And I thought that's weird because neither of them are supposed to be home anytime soon. I go look in the carport. No cars. No cars in the carport. No cars in the driveway. Nobody else is home. I thought, okay, well, that's strange. Music's still blasting. So then I carry on into the room where the stereo is. And I turn off the stereo, turn off the amplifier, turn off, you know, there's a few different things I had to turn the power off of. And I turned the volume down because that was really loud, like obnoxiously loud. And I turn around and I start walking back up the stairs and I'm just thinking, oh, I wonder what that was. And that's strange. And I wonder how that would happen. And I'm not even kidding you. 
I'm halfway up the stairs and boom, the stereo starts blasting again. And now I know this is, this is legit terrifying because I literally just powered everything off and turned down the volume. And now everything powered back up, blasted and turned on by itself. So no one else had access to my home. No one else was in the house. And I run up the stairs. I said, we're not going out the front door. We're going out the window. I don't care if you have shoes. I don't care if you have coats. We are out of here. And I didn't actually make my two and four-year-old sisters jump out the window, but we dashed out the front door. One of my sisters was seriously wearing two left shoes, and we were just running down the street (laughs) towards my soccer practice. And it was an experience that my friend and I will never, ever forget. That was terrifying. Looking back, it's kind of a cool story to tell, but I just remember the sheer terror running through my body, just pulsing with every heartbeat. And years later, I would watch the movie What Lies Beneath. I'm not sure if you've ever watched that movie, but there's a part in it where they walk into this home and you see the stereo, the dial of the volume just turn up all by itself and start blasting music. And I was like, yep, Yep, that has happened to me. That is a real thing and that happened to me. <laughs> so that was my, that's the first story I want to share with you when I was 14. Um, the next story, I was probably about 17, 17, 18, I would say more, probably 17 years old, still living at home in the same house. Very, very spiritual. I always have been very open to psychics, mediums, spirituality, intuition, energy, the unexplained, because my mom has always been open to that. So anytime she would read a spiritual book or a book about a medium or gifts or anything like that, as soon as she put it on the bookshelf, I would go up behind her and grab it and I would start reading it. So I was very open to all of these things. Her and I would go for Um, medium readings together, psychic readings together, tea leaf readings together. We had a lot of fun. And then we'd always discuss afterwards if we felt like that person was the real deal or not. And most times they they really did. They really did feel and resonate as um, legitimate. And there was once or twice we were like, yeah, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure about that person, but it could have just been an off reading and an off day for them as well. So 17 years old now, still living in the same house, my mom and I had gone for a reading. There was a a psychic fair in town and we went and had a reading with um, one of the mediums there. And she said to me, "I I have a grandma that had passed away by this time, my dad's mom, my grandma Ruby. She had passed away just about 10 years prior to this. So I have good memories with her as a child, but she had been passed away for some time now. And this medium started to say, you know, your grandma's here. And she gave me some messages from my grandma, like just to really validate and confirm that this really was my grandma Ruby coming through. So I was like, wow, this is really cool. I love this stuff. And then she said, you know... 
your grandmother is often trying to get your attention and trying to say hello and tell you that she's around and she's with you. But she's noticed that oftentimes you don't really get it or you're not paying attention or you're just really oblivious to the signs that she's trying to give you. And she said, are you open to receiving these signs from your grandma? Just just kind of nods that she's there and just so that you know that she's around and she loves you and she has never left you. And I said, yes, I am. And I can't really remember, you know, where we went after that moment. But I did go home that night. And I thought, you know, I, I, of course I was thinking about the reading. I thought that was cool. And, you know, I wasn't really expecting anything to happen. I was laying in bed. And I had the lights off. By this time, I wasn't as afraid of the dark as I was 10 years prior when we first moved into the house. And I had this little 13-inch TV. And no, it wasn't a flat screen. (laughs) There may be people listening to this who have never had anything other than a flat screen TV. But this was a little like tube TV that was a 13-inch so uh, shout out to anyone who's ever had the, the, the tube TVs or whatever, whatever they were called before they were flat screen. Anyway, I have this little like secondhand 13 inch TV in my room and often I would turn the lights out and just watch TV until I drifted off to sleep. So this is one of those nights laying in bed, lights are out and I'm starting to drift off to sleep at this moment with the TV on. Now, something that I want you to know is that my grandma, the, my grandma Ruby, the one that had passed, when I was a kid, she gave me a music box. And I would love to hear from you. Just DM me on Instagram or send me a private message on Facebook if you ever had one of these. It was a music box. It was this white little jewelry music box. I think there was a, some unicorn or some kind of design on the outside. And then you open up the lid and inside there'd be a little ballerina and she would start kind of just twirling in circles and this wind up little box of music would just start unwinding and playing this music. And I I kept this box on my desk in my room, my homework desk, but at this stage of my life, I hadn't been using it. I just still, I didn't use my little girl jewelry box anymore. It had probably an inch thick of dust on it. It was, it was covered in clutter, like my dictionary and thesaurus and things that I use for my homework. And the only way that it ever plays the music is when the ballerina is able to stand up. So when you close the lid on this jewelry box, the ballerina is, she's on like a bendy sort of a thing, wire. So when the ballerina is bent forward and the lid is closed, the the windy the winder, the music winder is unable to move and therefore unable to play. When you open the lid, the ballerina is able to move and therefore it's able to unwind and the music plays. So music box is on my desk, covered in dust, covered in clutter, hasn't been touched in years don't even know what's in this thing anymore. And as I'm laying in my bed, drifting off to sleep with the TV on, I start to hear the unmistakable music from my music box from my grandma Ruby start playing. And I know the sound from anywhere. It is just, it is, is distinct in my mind. And so my eyes shoot open 
And I'm thinking, and I still hear it, it's still playing, so I wasn't dreaming. And I'm thinking, is this on the TV? I don't even know what's on the TV anymore. So I just kind of, I'm like, my hand is jolting out. Where's the remote? Where's the remote? I shut off the TV thinking, oh, this is just a sound coming from the TV. Well, I shut the TV off. Now I'm sitting in the absolute pitch black dark by myself. And the music box is still playing. (laughs) So I jump out of my bed. I spring out of my bed. I leap to the door. I swing it open. I dash down the hallway, down the stairs. My heart is just boom, 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 boom. Like my whole body is vibrating with my heartbeat. And then the next thought that came into my mind was remembering that conversation that I had had with the medium just earlier that same day. And I thought, wow, wait a second. That is coming from a music box that my grandma Ruby gave to me. And I'm like, and this is, this is actually pretty cool. Like I was still kind of scared, but I thought at the same time I started to calm down a little bit because I realized it was just my grandma and it was my grandma letting me know that she's there with me and giving me this clear sign that I said that I was open to receiving. So I wanted to go upstairs and be with her and, and hear the music playing and say hi and just acknowledge that this presence was actually there with me. But by the time I made it back up the stairs, the music box had stopped playing. So I still do know that that was her and that was the music box from her. And that must have used a lot of her energy to be able to do that. But I'm so appreciative. I know that was her and I know she's still with me today. This third and final story I want to share with you was the first time that I audibly heard a voice from a deceased loved one speaking. What I'm going to do is carry this on in part two of episode 15. So to hear story number three, the time that I actually heard a deceased loved one speaking, please head to part two and I'll see you there.